0: This past couple of weeks, I have been reading and studying and thinking a lot about this concept of faith that I began sharing with you last week. I appreciate Ed's uh, leading the song, Faith is the Victory, uh, because that kind of helps set our minds in that direction if you were listening to the words as we sang that song. My struggle right now is that I have more to say in, uh, than I have time to say. And it's not that I... I in my mind, it's disorganized. <laughs> I wish there there's a lot of different directions I could go on this. Because, you know, faith is so fundamental to not only the Christian life, but I believe everyone's life. I think everyone lives by faith. Now, they either live by God-pleasing, biblical-directed faith, or they live by a personal faith. But they, everyone lives by faith. Over in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Well, the greatest is love, and of course, we want to spend a lot of time there, too, but Faith we, are, are, is one of the foundational, one of the pillar concepts. And the importance of faith really can't be overstated. It's so fundamental that our Christian life and, and Christianity itself is called the faith. And we looked at that last week. How, As we go through the scripture, it talks about the faith, meaning, uh, the, the, just to make it simple, the word of God. The faith, the direction that we get from, from the Bible. We looked at the difference between faith, our personal faith and the faith. Uh, we saw how the, that our faith is based in the written word, the faith. And then we try to show how these both work together, how they interrelate. Having faith without the faith. Or having the faith without faith, now I'm going to get all confused here, is like having a compass without the ability to steer a boat. You know, the compass sets the direction, says that's the way to go. And that's the way the scripture is, it says that's the way to go. But if we don't have a rudder to steer the boat, we would just kind of drift. And so we have to put it into action, we have to set our course, we have to set our direction. Uh, and if we don't, we will shipwreck our faith. Over in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul said to Timothy, I give you these instructions. That's the faith. That's the word of God. I give you these instructions so that by following them you may fight the good fight. Holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have re- rejected these and, and so have shipwrecked their faith. And that's a scary thing. That's a scary thing for all of us, shipwrecking our faith. We talked about how this faith is a verb, it's action, even though I know it's the word itself is a noun, but tied in with this, and we'll see this more today, is a, how there's action involved in faith. It's not just sitting around believing, it's not just up in our brain, but it's something that we do. Faith is believing, but believing what? It's believing that God will keep his promises even when circumstances seems to say he doesn't. We're going to look over and uh, um, I always try to say Ephesians when I get to Hebrews. I don't know why. But look at Hebrews if you want to turn your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 because that's really where we're going to spend most of our time. And we find this concept of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 want to give you God's definition of faith. And I kind of struggle with that. Is this a definition or a description? And what's the difference between a definition and a description? <laughs> but it seems it's a def- we'll call it a definition, but it's describing what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one, it's kind of a classic definition that we often go to, where it says, "Now faith is being sure, of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And we're going to look at that first part of, the, of that sentence. This phrase being sure of what we hope for. Different translations say it in different ways. The assurance of things hoped for. The American Standard Version. The King James Version. The substance of things hoped for. That's wrong. The have faith. That's, that's definitely wrong. To have faith, it should be to have faith, is to be sure of the things we hope for. This is today's English version. So, what does it mean to be sure or this assurance or this interesting word the King James says, substance? What does that mean? You know, a substance is something real and it's solid. This is, we can say this podium has substance, it's real, it's it's solid. The writer is saying that faith isn't something abstract. And this is where I think we really struggle with faith, is that it's an abstract concept. I remember where I was walking when I was 19 years old. I was walking down a uh, sidewalk. I almost said footpath. (laughs) Uh, A sidewalk. And I remember where I was when I was struggling with this concept of faith. And it was just a word, it was, and I knew it was important, and I was struggling with it. What does faith mean? Because it's something that, that it was so nebulous, it's just, you just, it's, it felt like I was grasping in the air. What is faith? And yet this word here, he says it has substance, it's something solid. The word itself, and this is why translations have different ways of saying it. In the Greek, the word here means to stand under. It meant a, a substructure, meant a foundation. Uh, that's, you, you stand under something, that's a foundation uh, uh, that, you, that you stand on. It meant something or someone who was firm and steady, a person who was firm and steady, someone you could rely on. It meant someone, it actually meant courageous. If someone you, you could rely on them, they were corla- courageous. If you bought property and you, know, you you had to prove it was your property, they, gave you, they give you a title. You have a title, deed. And so this word here meant you have a legal agreement, you have a title. It's, you stand under this legal agreement. And so there was something very solid to this word that I think in our English we really don't see, or maybe it's our culture that we don't see the, how solid this is. Because we often think about faith as being blind faith. Just do a Google search. It's amazing, especially when you get into uh, the sites of um, skeptics and the atheist sites. And they will show how many Christians live by blind faith, and it doesn't make any sense. And it made me think, and this is one of the rabbit trails that I I want to to go down, that I'm not going to go too far down, but it makes me think that that's part of our problem, is the way we're living out our faith in front of the world, it comes across sometimes as just blind faith, that we, that we don't know why we believe, uh, and maybe that's part of our problem, we don't know, some don't know why, you haven't taken the time to study out the evidence and see why you believe, but biblical faith is not that way at all. It's faith that is solid, it's real, it's not based in ignorance, it's based in, in, in facts. It's not believing because I need to believe. I just need to believe in something. So, okay, Christianity is a good thing to believe in. Or it's not even because I want to believe. One of the sites I was reading talked about just this need to be a part of someone and wanting to believe in something. And so people just believe because they want to believe. There's no substance. There's there's nothing solid in that kind of faith. There's nothing real in that sort of faith. So God calls us to a faith that is based in evidence. It's based in thought. It's based in intellect. It's based in credible things. Something that you can look at and say, that's credible. I, I can believe that because it's evidence standing in front of me. And that's why this word sometimes is translated sure. There's something of confidence and strength. One interlinear translation translated this, where it, when it gets into verse four and verse three and verse four, by faith, it said, it translated it to sureness. To sureness. It's not, I don't know. Why do you believe, I, I, well, I don't know? Do you believe in that? Do you believe that uh, that there's life after death? Well, I hope so. It's not that kind of faith. It's not. Well, I can't be certain. Faith is, I know. I rest in hope. I am certain. And the problem that many people have is that our faith is shallow because we haven't really. Looked at the evidence in a deep way. Another side trail that I don't want to go down, but I'll go a little ways down. Even if you have a little faith, that's a good thing. Luke chapter 17, Jesus challenged the disciples. And, the, and, and at the end of that, I can just see their mouths open and they just say, Lord, increase our faith. Give us more faith. We need more faith to believe that. And you know what Jesus said? If you have faith of a mustard seed, just a tiny bit of faith, well, you could say to this mountain, move. He's saying you can do great things with just a little faith. But it's where you're placing the faith. If you're placing faith in faith, you're not going to get very far. But if you're placing your little faith in a big God, boy, you can go a long ways with that. So don't look at yourself, and, and, and as we get into Hebrews 11, don't look at yourself and say, oh, you know, the great faith of moving overseas and doing mission work. The great faith of, you know, starting this business and growing it and giving millions of dollars away. We're just talking about a tiny faith to live your life today. The second half of the definition says we're certain of what we do not see. And different translations again. A conviction of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. To be certain of the things we cannot see. Because faith is a belief, not a belief in spite of evidence. But faith is belief in light of evidence. When the evidence is placed before us, that's what gives us faith. We're not believing just because we grew up believing. But we believe because there's evidence in front of us. Evidence of things not seen. You know, people say, well, if you can't see it, what's the evidence? That seeing is believing, even though that's not true. Well, do you know that you can be convicted of a crime that no one saw you do it? Because there's evidence laying around that the prosecutor can bring in and say well because of this and this and this and this therefore you get to go to jail <laughs> you get to pay the fine and so in the same way even though we cannot see god the evidence is all around us we don't see god moving in our life maybe but the evidence is there and so we have we place our faith there Faith is an act of adventure with God. Despite earthly consequences, as we read on in a moment, we'll see that. Things happen to people that aren't good, but they still live by faith. Faith is a trusting action based on the evidence that God himself has given us. God-faith is always attached to action. It's not simple optimism. It's not just up in my brain, I intellectually understand It's not, and this is real popular these days, I believe so I achieve, or I can't remember how that saying goes. I believe I achieve, or something like that. Which kind of means you just believe and things will happen. I can do do anything type thing, positive thinking. It's not that. But it's looking backwards to how God has worked in people's lives. Not only my own life, but other people's lives and my own life. And that causes me to look forward and say... God will fulfill his promises. He will do what he said. Faith then causes me to act on those promises. If God said it, I do believe in that. And because I believe I'm going to act, I'm going to put this into, into practice. And so we get into these all the rest of this chapter, which you're not going to take the time to read, but where he says, by faith, starting in verse 3, the entire book leads to this punchline by faith, this climax of faith. All throughout Hebrews, you see this. Look at here, chapter 1 and 2. He spends two chapters talking about angels, and he says, Forget angels, as great as angels are, it's Christ. Chapter 3, the greatest lawgiver, Moses. He spends time talking about Moses, and he says, Forget Moses. It's Christ. Chapter 4, forget Joshua, the great general, the one who led them into the promised land. It's Christ. Forget Aaron, the high, the high priest, verses 5 through 8, chapters 5 through 8. It's Christ. Chapter 9, forget temple worship. It's Christ. Chapter 10, forget animal sacrifices. It's Christ. And all these things, we could spend hours and hours looking at how, what he is saying here. Where he says, as important as these things are, they were simply shadows of what is solid and real. And that was Christ. And so we get to chapter 11 and he says, based on the overwhelming evidence, we have this rock solid foundation of who Christ is and what he has done. And this evidence will give you certainty, sureness, a conviction of the promises of God that they will be fulfilled. And then he says, this is how it works in people's lives. He says, if you look down in your Bible, by faith, and he starts out with we. We understand. Verse 3. And then in verse 4, he says, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. Then in uh, uh, verse 5, he says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. But then down in verse... um, Verse 6, he says, he was commended as one who pleased God. The way he lived his life pleased God. We go on to see in verse 7 that Noah built an ark. He condemned the world. When he preached for a 100 years and talked, he talked to people who were saying, come in the ark with me, basically is what he was saying. But because they didn't, they stood condemned. He became Uh, an an heir of the promise Uh, Abraham verses 8 through 19 says he went he made his home he lived in tents he was enabled he offered sacrifices we see these things he's doing actions again verse 20 Isaac blessed Jacob and then Jacob blessed Joseph's sons verses 21 through 22 you know I find it really interesting That, and this is one of my little side thoughts again, when we get down to uh, Joseph in verse 22, Joseph has one of the most amazing stories of his faith. As you read the latter part of uh, Genesis, how as a teenager he was, uh, uh, his brother sold him into slavery and all the things that he went through. And you would think that when we got to that, they would say, by faith, Joseph Uh, remain faithful even though he was put into prison but you know what it says in verse I think it's 22 by faith Joseph when the end was near he gave some instructions that's what he's he's put up in the in this uh, chapter of faith he says he gave instructions and we think oh he it should be some of these great things he did and what, what it made me think was this, is sometimes we as Christians think, you know, I've, I do so little. Uh, I wish I could do big things for God. But as we look at these things, sometimes you may be called to do a big thing for God, but sometimes it's just little things that you're called to do. He gave instructions by faith. You see, uh, Rahab, she welcomed stra- uh, the... the um, israelites in uh, and protected them gave them a place to stay she opened up her home that's what she was known for moses parents hid him in verse 23 he refused to be known as pharaoh's son he chose to leave egypt he kept the passover verses 24 through 28 the people passed through the red sea verse 29 the walls of jericho fell Verse 30. And what I want to point out in all these things is we see this continued action. We see them doing something each time. Faith not only calls for action. It is action. That's why we can say it's a verb in many ways. It's not just a a noun, but it's a verb. It's doing something. And this is not only action, but it's action-based in certainty. It's not just doing things because I need to do things, but it's based in evidence, it's based in certainty, it's based in sureness. Here's an exercise you can do. Every time you read the word faith, substitute the word action or sureness or maybe trusting action. Something in your, in your mind, try to substitute a, a firm action word... In its place, let me give you some examples. With um, in verse eight of uh, okay, not verse eight, verse nine, verse nine, where it says, "By faith Abraham," we could say, "With certainty, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. He went with certainty." Not with, well, I just don't know what's going to happen. I guess I'll go. See, that's kind of the way we look at faith. It's kind of nebulous. Well, God said to do it. I just don't. But it says with certainty, with certain action, he did this. Verse 9, with, we could say, by trusting action, he made his home in the promised land. Um, verse, uh, let's see. I wrote down another. Verse 33. Let's go down here. Verse 33. He says... Who and who through faith conquered kingdoms, we could say, who through trusting action or with certainty or with sureness, these people conquered kingdom and ministered justice, gained what was promised. In other words, put this action to each of these words, and not just, oh, they just believed up in their brain. But they put these things into all these things into action. I have there we go. We'll look at a simple way of defining faith. We can call it the ABCs of faith. Faith is action based on belief, which is based in conviction of God's word. So you start out being convicted by God's word as you read God's word, based in this evidence here. We're convicted of it, and that causes us to say, that's true, but it doesn't stop there. At that point, it says, and therefore... I need to do something. There's something I need to do here. What do you need to do? Here's where I cannot give you a specific answer. If I told you what I do, then it's my faith, and I'm telling you to imitate my faith. Each Christian needs to look at their own life. They need to see where their action faith needs to be applied... And applied in their daily life. Because each person has different circumstances. Different things are happening in your life. You need to be doing different things. The question is, what do I need to do? What, what action do I need to take in showing my faith, in exercising my faith? I look at these people in, in, in uh, Hebrews. They were rewarded... Although they all did different things. There wasn't one man that held up and said, now that's the man of faith. Even though Abraham was a man of faith and said, imitate Abraham. But David did certain things. Uh, Rahab did certain things. We see them all doing th- certain things. And if you look down in verse, here's another little side uh, trail that I wanted to go down. That I'm not going to go too far down again. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon. You know the, the 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 one word, I always like to say, what is one word that defines you? If if someone were to say, look at you and say, in one word, you are what, what word would they say? In one word, I would define Gideon as fearful. The man was afraid. He acted in fear. When he was found by the angel to give him some instructions of what to do, he was in a wine press threshing wheat. All right, You know what that means? It means he's in the hole in the ground threshing wheat. And when you thresh wheat, you don't need to be in a hole in the ground. You need to be up up in the air so when you throw it up, the wind blows away the chaff, leaving the wheat. But he's down there in a hole in the ground going... Because he's afraid of everyone around him. What more shall I tell you about Gideon? Barak, Samson. Hmm, The playboy of the Bible. That's how I would describe Samson. Playboy. That man lost his eyes because of a woman. (laughs) And his life. Jephthah. Boy, you read the story of Jephthah. He promised whatever came out of his house first, he would sacrifice to God if he won this battle. Maybe he was hoping his wife would come out first. <laughs> I don't know, or dog or cat or, <laughs> But it was his daughter that he loved. And yet, this man is put down here, what more shall I say about this? Faithful Jephthah, faithful Samson. Faithful Gideon, who through faith did these things. And again, it wasn't because of their own strength and their own power, but because they put their faith in the God of power. So what do you need to do? Maybe you need to take a step forward. Some of you here may say, by God's help and by faith, trusting action, I need to move forward today. I need to turn from my sins. I need to be immersed in him. You know, it takes faith to do that. That's the action of faith. Maybe some of you need to take a step in the opposite direction. You need to turn around. You know, I've been living wrong. I've been walking in the opposite direction of of where I need to be going. I've turned away from God. By God and by faith, I'm repenting. I'm turning my life. And living for him again. Some of us may need to take a step sideways. Turn to our neighbor. Our wife. Our husband. Say by God and by faith I'm sorry. Let's make things right. I don't know where you are. Some of us may just need to take a step inward. And say you know I've been living a rotten Life in my attitude. I look at my life. I don't like what I see. And so by God and by trusting action, by sureness, by the direction that God has given me, I'm going to change my attitude toward my life, my work, my home, my family, whatever it is. And this week, take the necessary action by God and by faith to do it. Whatever God is calling you to do, do that this week. Do that today by faith and with God's help. If we can help anyone in a public way, if you need to respond, if you need to take action in faith...